been a lot happening in League of Ireland football circles over the past few weeks. The team's in European action and flying the flag for the league. There's also been management changes in the League of Ireland, unfortunately. We're going to be talking about that later. This is the League of Ireland Goalmouth Show. I'm Dave O'Grady. To keep in touch with the show, just follow the hashtag on Twitter, LOI. That's the best place to find us. I'm going to be talking to Goal Ireland's Barry Landy a little later on about all the action this week. But first, I'm delighted to be joined by Goal's League of Ireland Player of the Week, Sligo Rovers keeper Gary Rogers, who joins us. Gary, two clean sheets in two games against FK Banga and Cork City. Congratulations. It must be great being Goal's Player of the Week, but also being in good form at this time of the season. Absolutely, yeah. It's always nice to um, get recognition for your form. And um, look, we're a clean sheet against Banga over in Lithuania and a clean sheet, as you said, against Cork. Um, you know, with uh, the ice on the cake. Yeah, to start with the European football, Gary, a scoreless draw in Lithuania against FK Banga. You guys are going to be now attempting to progress to the second qualifying round of the Europa League at the showgrounds on Thursday. I know that John Coleman had come out making the point that there could have been a bit more in the first leg, but he was happy with the structured performance, the clean sheet. But no doubt there's going to be a little bit of confidence now playing at home. You're very well prepared for this one. Yeah, absolutely. Like we're, you know, we were probably disappointed not to get the away goal. We probably felt that our play deserved it. But look, when you go to uh, into a European game and you get a, a clean sheet away from home, it's always good. And we're coming back home now, and hopefully we'll be able to, um, you know, pass home our advantage and, and get the win that we need. Like you know, Sligo, unfortunately, over the years haven't had too many um, wins in the Europa League or the Champions League. So it'd be nice to, to you know, to, to do that in front of our own supporters as well because these European nights are uh, they're, um, usually have a great atmosphere and it'd be nice to win in front of your home to home support yeah indeed I mean the club they're actually looking to for their first win in Europe since 1994 uh, on Thursday you guys have been dominating the domestic scene in Ireland over recent years can you put your finger on it Gary why this hasn't translated onto the European stage obviously you're coming up against a, you know a different style of play but having said that Sligo have had the reputation for playing good football why is it not translating into Europe? Yeah, well, it's, it's probably it's, it's the sort of thing like these European games. Irish teams are kind of probably giving European teams too much respect, and and we go into the game thinking that these lads are better. But like, I've, I've no fear that we're going to go into the game um, tomorrow thinking that we should be winning it, and hopefully that'll be the case. It's just unfortunate maybe for Sligo. Some of the draws have been very tough. I know in my own time here, but but like that, we we should have probably won the previous year against uh, Tarnava over in Slovakia and it's a, it's a case of maybe giving too much respect and then when you come out and play you find that you know, you're know you definitely the equal if not better than these teams and hopefully we'll do that tomorrow night. When you're saying about paying too much respect I, there was probably a little bit of evidence in that when we had Shamrock Rovers in the Europa League and they were playing against Pax Salonica and that and one of the things that I, I'd noticed when watching them I was at the game there was a little bit of hesitancy from the back four that, and it's something Gary that's probably fair to say you wouldn't see throughout the season in the League of Ireland that kind of mental block seems to be there not just with Sligo Rovers but across the league when, when we come up against European opposition Yeah well yeah, I think you know teams have probably taken that on board now and you look at the results last week where two of the teams have won and we've obviously got a, a draw away from home and, and hopefully now you'll, you'll see this week that you've got three League of Ireland teams going through and um, you know that would be a great boost for all the clubs concerned but especially the league as well because there's always that extra bit of profile attached to European games and when you see League of Ireland teams doing well in Europe people who don't follow League of Ireland you know to, you know, to take note of that as well and like I, I'd come across a lot of people who 
and they're all aware that you're playing in Europe this week, whereas they wouldn't know who you're playing in the League of Ireland that weekend. So, look, it certainly brings a little bit more profile, and I think if the three clubs can go through this week, it'll be a great boost for the league. And is there a different game plan that you guys will be adapting? Um, obviously, when you go away from home in Europe, it's a, a case of containing the opposition and seeing what can be done. But in this match, the home game, you have to win the match. Will there be a different approach from you guys going out there? Well, we'll kind of approach it the same way. We'll probably be a little bit more attacking. Obviously, we sussed them out a little bit over there. But we did, like, at times, you would have thought we were the home home team over there. And we'll really go at them and we'll try and get that, that goal, maybe get an early lead and, and push on. But we'll be looking to win the game at all costs. And we'll certainly put our, our front foot forward on it. Going on from Sligo Rovers, I mean, how much of a boost do you think full-time football has aided the club in recent seasons, Gary? I know that a lot of players have made that point that, you know, the the more kind of professionalism and the, the more work that they do, it, it helps them particularly throughout a, a busy summer domestic league as well. Yeah, well, I think full, full-time football, is, 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 I suppose it's a luxury in our league, but it's, in terms of Sligo Rovers, it's, it's, been, it's been part and parcel of success when you have... So they've built it over the last four or five years and there's been success every season even though this season hasn't been our best we've already got this Santa Cup in, in the bag and you know to be able to prepare properly and train properly as, as a full-time footballer it does make all the difference and, and even going into these European games we've been all our lads are, it's very difficult when you've got part-time players and I remember that patch where we had you know it was half and half in terms of full-time and part-time and you've got lads who are who are working five days a week and having to get time off work and coming back from a European game and having to get up the next morning to go to work so it is difficult and you'd like to think that the, the, the fact that we are full-time you know will, will help our, our cause um, in Europe and hopefully continue the, our European adventure for the next couple of, couple of weeks anyway well hopefully it, it will indeed and just moving back to league matters Gary it's been a bit of a roller coaster for Sligo Rovers this season with the departure of Ian Barraclough it was something that I think surprised everyone in League of Ireland circles what did the team make of it I mean he looked like he, he had you guys obviously playing winning football but things didn't really go smoothly from the start of the season yeah well I think you know he, he's a victim of kind of results and, and we had five results this season that we lost the game 1-0 uh, and any of them games we quite possibly could have won or at least drawn and it's just you know it's a results business and that's what it probably comes down to at the end of the day and unfortunately for Ian he, he paid the price for our poor results you know and it's always it's always sad to see a manager manager go especially one who had been as successful as Ian he's the, he's the club's most successful manager ever but uh, I'm sure that um, you know in whatever job he does in the future I'm sure he'll do very well because he you know, he did a great job here. Yeah, huge success, it has to be said. And John Coleman, new manager in the door. Uh, despite winning the Satanta Cup, you guys now face a huge task in securing European football for next season. Is it a case now of planning for next season or are you just kind of taking every game as it comes and, and learning from your early season mistakes, we can say? Well, look, we, we just have to get a run together and build on, our, on the form that we've started the show since John's come in. You know, we've got a couple of results and you know I think this European match is probably vital to the club um, in terms of finances and budgets for next year and players are well aware that you know they're playing for futures as well you know like if 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 we if we can't progress and, and, and do well in Europe and get ourselves into a European spot for next year well you know players are well aware that you know the same contracts won't be there for next season and, and you know lads are well aware that they're playing for futures and that's that's the harsh reality of League of Ireland football with one year contracts and 40 week contracts that they come around very quickly and um, you're only as good as your last your last season you know 
Indeed, the pressure is certainly on. Extra pressure, it's probably fair to say, for players on a team like Sligo Rovers, as you said. Gary, we wish you the very best of luck for the season ahead and indeed for flying the flag for the League of Ireland in European football. I hope it all works out and uh, we have a few memorable nights ahead. Thanks a million for joining us. No problem at all. Thanks very much, Ed. Some great stuff there by Sligo Rovers keeper Gary Rogers. And just to bring you the results from last week's games, of course, we didn't get to bring you them on last week's show because we were kind of all over the place. But in the Premier Division last Friday, Bray Wanderers lost 3-1 at home to Drogheda United. Limerick lost 2-1 at home to Bowes. While on Saturday, Shamrock Rovers had an emphatic 2-1 win over St. Patrick's Athletic. And on Sunday, Athlone Town lost out 1-0 at home to Derry City. While Sligo Rovers and Cork City drew 0-0. In the first division last Friday night, Waterford United drew one apiece with Galway FC. Wexford Utes beat Cove Ramblers 2-1. On Saturday, Longford Town defeated Shelburne 3-0. A fantastic win there for Longford Town, firing them to the top of the table. While on Sunday, Shamrock Rovers Bees lost out 1-0 to Finn Harps. And there's been a lot of major talking points in the League of Ireland over the last week with the departure of Stuart Taylor from Limerick. Taylor is the latest League of Ireland boss to get the chop following Roddy Collins at Derry, Mick Cook at Athlone Town and Robbie Horgan at Drogheda United. Joining me now is Goal Ireland's Barry Landy. Barry, another manager bites the dust in the League of Ireland. Yeah, absolutely, Dave. Stuart Taylor's obviously left uh, Limerick. Um, it might come as a little bit of a surprise to the wider uh, League of Ireland public, I guess. Uh, he seemed to be doing a good job there, but there have been uh, some murmurings that, that he might be departing for a week or so. They had The club had an open day uh, out in Bruff, which is where they uh, have their new facility, where the club's going to be based. And um, just from the local press, uh, things you know you can pick up, he was reported to have caused a bit of an isolated figure, um, leading to suggestions there might have been uh, a, a bit of an issue there with, with people at the club in the hierarchy. Um, some people suggesting that, that Taylor could go. And rightly enough, uh, yesterday the club announced that he had actually left. Um, in terms of the, the previous managerial departures this season, you know, the likes of, of Colin and, and Horgan, it's always interesting to look at the wording of these kind of things. Now, um, on the Limerick uh, website yesterday, uh, it said that the, uh, the club had decided to, to mutually part ways with Stuart Taylor, uh, so to speak. And he actually said himself that uh, he felt it was the right time for him to leave the club. So you do wonder um, who it came from. Was it, was it Taylor wanting to leave? Was it the club wanting to get him out? A bit of both. Um, and I suppose a lot of that will come out now in the, in the coming weeks and we'll, we'll figure out uh, what's happening there. But yeah, a little bit surprising after some good recent form. You mentioned their new facility and the, there's been quite some recent excitement, I suppose, around Limerick. Could this be a little bit of a, a step back for them in, in sense that they had a little bit of momentum and, you know, they were developing. They ma- kept making the point about developing the club as a whole. And it's not about the uh, trying to buy players in in the height of the boom like it was before, you know, when money was spent on wages by so many other clubs. But this was about developing. Is this not kind of going against what their whole recent ethos was? It is a little bit, Dave. Yeah, I mean, it's- you mentioned momentum there. Limerick definitely do have momentum, I would say, on and off the pitch. But there are no great expectations there, which I think was the good thing about Limerick. Obviously, they got promoted about 18 months ago, um, but there was no great expectations. Limerick finished eighth last year. People were very happy with that. They were very happy with the way the team played. Um, this season, after a bit of a slow start, they were up in uh, sixth, seventh, eighth again, hoping to, to climb maybe a couple of places on last year's finish. Uh, basically consolidation, you know, making steady progress in the league. 
And it looks like Taylor was a very good fit for Limerick. Um, like you say, they weren't spending lots of money on players, buying decent guys, some guys from Scotland who Taylor would know from his time there. Um, a little bit of a step back, I would imagine, a little bit of a surprise. They're not the sort of club you'd imagine will be changing managers too often. So, so yeah, perhaps this could be... Um, it'll be interesting, basically, to see who they bring in. Yeah, who knows what goes on behind closed doors, it's probably fair to say. It's all about Europe, really, over the past few weeks now in the League of Ireland, with the clubs doing relatively well. And Gary Rogers, earlier on the programme, he was making the point uh, with uh, after their nil-nil draw away to FK Banga that it is quite a dangerous result but having said that they're going in with a bit of confidence looking to get the win in Sligo Rovers Barry he mentioned that a problem with League of Ireland clubs in the past is that they've been given these European teams too much respect and that's perhaps why we haven't seen better performances particularly last year from the clubs but this game for Sligo Rovers Barry it is quite dangerous as an away goal could knock, literally knock them out yeah yeah, it absolutely is very dangerous like you say an away goal will leave Sligo needing to score twice. And as John Coleman, I think, very um, succinctly put it after last week's game, um, scoring goals was Sligo's problem. He was very upset that they went out to Lithuania to face Banga and couldn't... um, They dominated the game, essentially. Couldn't find that goal. And that's been Sligo's problem, I think, a lot in the league this season as well, um, ultimately leading to Ian Barrowclough's departure. There just hasn't been that goal threat there. So having not scored the away goal last week, it's very, very dangerous for Sligo now um, at the showgrounds. Obviously, home advantage will help, um, but they'll be needing uh, Danny North and um, the midfielders as well, Kieran Jalali, the likes of him, um, to contribute some goals and some threat because um, otherwise Sligo you know, are going to be exiting Europe once again um, in a bit of a... Uh, a bit of a damn squib really because their their recent European ones been been very poor yeah the home crowd as you mentioned there at the showgrounds how much will that benefit Sligo Rovers they want to put on a show for the crowds I know they've been up against it this season and their uh, some of their home form wasn't great but they did pull off big results when the pressure was on them I know they had a, a nice 5-0 win which certainly put a smile on the Sligo Rovers faithful but how key is it that the home crowd now get it behind their team yeah, they they can do it at the showgrounds. It's it's interesting. Obviously, these European ties are different from the domestic games in that they excite the crowd in a way that the domestic League of Ireland games don't. You know, they don't come around too often. Not many clubs qualify for Europe, and when they do, they might only get one home tie a year or two home ties a year max, usually for the Irish clubs. So they excite the crowd. The crowd are going to be really, really up for it. But it, it's an issue with Sligo. In the league this season, their home form has been very sketchy. Obviously, they've been sketchy in general, but their home form especially, they've played nine games in the league and they've only won three times at the showgrounds. Very, very surprising for a club like Sligo, seen in the last few years, be very, very solid and be able to go on really, really good runs. Um, In Europe as well, I think they've only uh, won once um, in their last, whatever it is, attempts at home in Europe. And that was against uh, a Maltese side, Floriana, who used to be managed by, by Roddy Collins. That was back in 1994. So we've gone 20 years without Sligo Rovers winning even a leg of a game um, in Europe at home. Um, so the, the record, the history books don't really point um, towards much hope for Sligo. But like John Coleman pointed out after last week's game, Bangor are a very, very limited team. He thought Sligo should have beaten them comfortably out there. The same applies here. Sligo have the players 
they can beat them comfortably, the home crowd will, will give them a boost in trying to do that. Yes, Ligo Rovers really in with a chance to rewrite some history. Dundalk, they recorded a good away win against Jeunesse Eshk last week, but I know Stephen Kenny was saying that he believes his sides really need to put in a shift, um, a, a good home performance. Is he right to be a little bit fearful of this Luxembourg side, or do you think, Barry, that Dundalk are going to get an easy ride? Of course, we see the likes of Richie Towell in there. He's really been one of the standout League of Ireland players, and to be able to bring that form into the European game will put a smile on the faces of all League of Ireland fans, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Richie's been fantastic, and it was really good for him to get those two goals last week as well. Um, on Stephen Kenny's comments, Stephen's a very experienced European manager. He's managed uh, Longford, Bowes, Shamrock Rovers, Derry, I think even Dunfermline in, in European competition before. So he's a manager who knows what he's talking about when it comes to these games. He won't be taking anything for granted. I think, though, as a manager, you kind of have to say these things. You kind of have to say it's not over. Of course, 2-0 isn't beyond anyone. You know, it's, it's not like uh, Derry's result, which we'll get on to in a minute. But 2-0 isn't beyond anyone. You would imagine Dundalk with the players they have, the strength and the experience, that they will overcome this Luxembourg side who, who aren't even the top side in Luxembourg. You would imagine they do so. But Stephen Kenny, he has to order a bit, a little, little bit of caution. You know, you can't go into these games thinking you're going to win. He's not going to make too many changes, I would imagine. Um, he'll play a pretty strong side. Pat Holben will probably get a first start after his knee injury. So, you know, it's, it's, I, I think Dundalk will comfortably win. Perhaps not get an easy ride. But with a 2-0 advantage, I would expect a decent aggregate result for Dundalk. They've been here before. The last time they were in Europe, of course, um, back in 2010, they played a Luxembourg side, Grevenmacher, and uh, they got a 3-3 draw out in Luxembourg and then just scraped a 2-1 win um, at home. So it was a 5-4 aggregate win. Very, very close. Don't think it's going to be as close this time. Dundalk are, are far superior uh, to that side. But um, yeah, they'll they'll come through. Perhaps not an easy ride, but they'll come through on aggregate. Another team that seems far superior, Barry, is of course Derry City. Uh, 4-0 up in the first leg against the Welsh side, Aberystwyth Town. Um, this is surely a formality. I would imagine it will be a formality. I think Peter Hutton uh, was very, very lucky in the draw. In getting Aberystwyth, um, you can't get many easier draws than that. Plus, as well, with the travel, it's not as if you're going over to Eastern Europe to face a team you'll hammer. You know, you only have to go to Wales. So it really, really suited Derry in terms of their European campaign and domestically. Um, obviously, I didn't see the game last week, but a 4-0 win, uh, you know, at home, just following the updates, you know, 1-2, 3-0 up very early into the game. And then, obviously, Aberystwyth went down to 10 men. There was no real threat there. And even just reading quotes from the Aberystwyth manager um, this morning in the, the Derry Journal, you know, some very, very bizarre quotes he was coming out with. He, he thought that, that his side were superior uh, <laughs> in, in times of the game. I mean, a 4 0 defeat? Are you serious? I mean, look, <laughs> um, for all the, the things we say about, you know, Irish clubs in, in Europe, um, I think we can fairly say we're far superior to, to what, what Wales have to offer. And um, yeah, a 4-0, a 4-0 win, uh, 4-0 advantage. Uh, there'll only be only be one winner there, Dave. Yeah, hopefully when we come back on the show next week, we'll have a couple of more uh, good results to be talking about. Barry Landy, thanks a million for joining us on the programme. No problem, Dave. Yes, Barry Landy of Goal Ireland there. And just to bring you up to date with the League of Ireland Premier Division table, Dundalk sitting at the top but joint on 40 points with Cork in second place, Shamrock Rovers in third place with St. Patrick's Athletic, last year's champions in fourth. Sligo Rovers stuck there in fifth place with Derry in sixth and Bowes in seventh. Limerick in eighth place on 20 points. Of course, changes in the management there. Drogheda United in ninth while Bray Ronders make up tenth and UCD and Athlone Town are in eleventh and twelfth. Good to see Athlone Town slowly catch 
catching up to the pack in the first division. Longford Town top of the table with a game in hand. Shelburne in second place. Goway FC in third. Wexford, Utes and Finn Harps in fourth and fifth with Waterford United in sixth place on 21 points. Shamrock Rovers Bees in seventh while bottom of the table Cove Ramblers lie on just seven points. Now for some fixtures this week starting with the European fixtures. Derry are away on Thursday to Abbeyswith Town. Uh, 7.45 kickoff there. Sligo are at home to FK Banga at the showgrounds. 8 o'clock kickoff there. Well done Dock are at home to Juneshk Esk. 8.45 kickoff there at Oriel Park on Thursday night. In the League of Ireland, it's almost a full card of games. On Friday night, Athlone take on Limerick. Drogheda take on Cork City. Those are 7.45 kickoffs. And Bohemians take on St. Patrick's Athletic at 8 o'clock at Dublin Derby Dare. On Sunday, UCD hosts Sligo Rovers at 3 o'clock, while Shamrock Rovers take on Dundalk at 4. And at 5 o'clock, Derry City meet Bray Wanderers. In the first division on Friday night, Galway take on Shamrock Rovers Bees at 7.45. Wexford Utes take on Longford Town at 8 o'clock. Finn Harps host co-Ramblers, 8 o'clock again, and Shelburne take on Waterford United, 8 o'clock at Talca Park. Well, I'm afraid we're out of time here on League of Ireland Goldmouth. Don't forget to follow the show by checking out the hashtag LOI. I hope you have a very good sporting week. Best of luck to the Irish clubs taking part in European action. From myself, Dave O'Grady, have a very good evening. Season.